the people that address Jesus and say, why do we and the Pharisees fast much, but your disciples don't? I think, you know, when they address this issue, I think they're both concerned for the, uh, you know, for the traditions of the Judaic faith, that they are required to fast. And yet, when they see disciples, they are not doing it. And, and they seem to be kind of scandalized by them. Look, you're the teacher, you're the great teacher who you're supposed to be forming your group and see what they're doing. They're not really doing much. And I think that Jesus is addressing something very, very important. It's not the activity that will make you holy, even if you are repeating certain things, even prayers or do a particular type of of activity which seem to be like ascetic practices, but it is Jesus who makes us holy. It is being in his presence that we are being transformed. It's not just the activity, activity without even thinking will not produce such a great desired fruit. It's a relationship with Jesus, it's a relationship with God. And it has to be so personal, where we walk and we talk with him and we share with him and we complain to him, whatever we do, but it's the relationship that is so important. That's, that is why Jesus speaks of this, this new reality. It's not that one can remain, uh, you know, the Pharisee and add something extra to it, but you have to be renewed completely has to be renewed, just like the old wineskins and, and the new wineskins. The old wineskins, you see, when the, when the fermentation would take place, it would expand the skin. When it's, when it's fresh, it, it will stretch. But once it becomes older, it can't stretch anymore. So if the fermentation would take place inside of an old wineskin, it would burst, it would spill, it would not produce the effect. And so the Lord says to us, allow yourself to be formed completely. Allow yourself to be formed by a relationship. And then you can do all kinds of other things. You can fast on behalf of those who are in need of God's mercy. You can offer yourself and offer your difficulties for others of conversion of your own self. But it will not be something that you do and yes, as ascetical, ascetical practice for the sake of ascetical practice. Just like many people want to make resolutions and they say, well, we'll be doing fasting, but fasting is for the purpose, so I'll look better, so I'll look skinnier, I'll look healthier, whatever it is. So it, 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 yes, there's a purpose, but the purpose is in the relationship with God. The purpose is not to serve. But if someone says, I'm gonna fast because I really need to do a lot of extra work, for people, I'm a little bit not exactly in good shape, so I need to get myself in better shape for the sake of others, for the sake of service, for the sake of assisting someone in need, then there's a purpose, or for the sake of the gospel, and there's a purpose, and you know this, we all know this, so we don't have to you know, kind of think about it, but nonetheless, the Lord is addressing this very reality today in our gospel, inviting us to deeper awareness of that relationship that is so essential because it's Jesus who makes us holy. It's Jesus who transforms us. It's Jesus who is able to bring forth a type of 
change within us that will help us to enter the heavenly kingdom because it is in him that we live, in him that we move, as the old scripture would say, in him we have salvation. And so it is that emphasis on, on, on the relationship as essential and the ascetic practices have to be in relationship to him, not outside of him. The second aspect of today's reading is from the first, first reading from the book of Prophet Amos. As you know, Prophet Amos was a preacher of morality, of ethics. He saw the people, yes, they, you know, they wanted to serve the Lord, but in fact, what they did is they, they had all kinds of quarrels and fights and everything else. They didn't li really live the covenant. The covenant relationship invites us to live a, a type of relationship of, of respect, of, of care and taking care of one another. But if there's battles going on, you know, you know, uh, the, the, as Amos would say, you, you know, your, your business people can't wait till the Sabbath is over because you've got to get back to a business. And so during the Sabbath day, you're thinking of what else you have to do. You know, what else, or perhaps even take the Sabbath and, and use it for other purposes. Uh, you know, work like we do today, Sundays are no longer Sundays uh, for so many people and, and businesses you know, kind of force people to go and work because that they are running businesses and people took advantage and we kind of fell into the habit that Sundays are days so we can do many things, but is it, is it the proper way? So Amos would be the one who would be addressing these issues in a powerful way. But then at the end, towards the end of his, of his uh, prophetic work, he said, you know, ultimately, God will do this for you. God will help you. Because I know that you're, you're trying to do many things, you can't do it. And so God will help you. God will restore for you. He will, he, will, he will bring about the restoration of my people, Israel. I will plant them upon their own ground so they don't have to be afraid that they'll lose their own nationhood. And again, the invitation for us today is too. Yes, some things we can't do. You know, you know the whole, you know, the 12-step program. You know, we have to just say at a certain moment, I can't help myself. I have to ask God to come and he has to be my, my God, my Lord. And we have to say, God, you know, I can't do it. I am not able to. My weaknesses, the, the situation in which I have found myself in a family, the family dynamics, the difficulties, the nation as we are, we have to cry out to God, you gotta help us. We are so divided. We just don't listen to each other. We go like this, there's no more, you know, and, and, and no more communication. And, and so, so it's, it, is, it is at this, such moments we have to cry out to God, you have to help us. I can't convince anybody else of the truth. I can't speak because, because another person, member of the family or whoever, they're not able to, to even listen. Because the minute I open my mouth, somebody gets upset. And so it seems like it's useless. And yet, at the same time, we have something which is greater than ideologies greater than philosophies of each person greater than belief systems. If they're not rooted in Christ, if they're not rooted in revelation, if they're not rooted in, in, in God's wisdom, then we will be divided. If we say yes to God, then God will help us. He will help us, he will lead us to union and communion because it's not possible. But that means we would have to <clears throat> go through a deeper conversion and say, Lord, you gotta help me out. Help me or help my brother or my sister or my family member or my friend. 
you know that we can we can we can discuss these issues because if we do love for for, for if we have the love for the Lord and we love one another, you know according to commandments and even if there's misunderstandings, they will come to a to a, a to a d deeper deeper communion even if it takes some time even if it takes months or even years, that's the invitation. But there's also a second aspect today to our gathering here is um, that which we celebrate today, that first Saturday of the month. Our Lady asked St. Lucy, St. Lucia, Lucia, in 1925, she said, Behold my daughter, my heart surrounded with thorns with which ungrateful men continually pierce it by their blasphemies and ingratitude. You, at least, try to console me, and for my part, I promise to assist at the hour of death with the graces necessary to salvation all those who on the first Saturday of five consecutive months shall go to confession, receive Holy Communion, say five decades of the rosary, and keep me company during a quarter of an hour meditating the mysteries of the rosary with the intention of offering reparation to me. Fatima message is an invitation for us to go closer to our Lord. And it is by following the request which Our Lady has done, so offering five first Saturdays, consecutive Saturdays of the month, so when you go to confession, receive the Eucharist, pray the rosary, meditate on the rosary. But there's something more here. <clears throat> receive Holy Communion for the reparation. Sometimes we don't think the connection between First Fridays and the Eucharist. Sometimes we think, well, this is Our Lady, this rosary, that. But I have to tell you that the Fatima message right from the very beginning, was extremely connected to the Eucharist. Remember the angel of Portugal coming to children before the apparitions took place. It was the angel of Portugal who was instructing the children and guiding them, and including, they gave him the Eucharist, gave him a host to Lucia and Chalice, to the other children. So, and what is, what is the substance of the of that, of, of, that, of that prayer. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly, and I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrageous, sacrilegious, and indifference with which he himself is offended and through the infinite merits of the most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg you the conversion of poor sinners. A prayer taught by the angel, most holy trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly and I offer you what? The Eucharist. Jesus in the Eucharist. I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. The most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity is the, is the prayer that we utter each day in the chaplet. 
Once again, we offer the Eucharist. This is what Jesus in the Eucharist is. He is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity, the totality of his humanity and his divinity. It is the angel in 1916, which he taught in November, the children. It's Eucharistic-centered, Eucharistic-focused. So the devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is, is right at the heart of Eucharist. And this is why communion of reparation is so important. Is the Eucharist. We ask Jesus, you who have come into my heart, you are the one I'm asking you for, for forgiveness, for the sins that we have committed, not only my own, but all the other people of this world. Intercession, same with the chaplet. I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity. Why? Atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. The same message is not that different message because God wants a relationship with us. God wants to have a relationship of profound communion with us and he wants to restore us and he wants us to participate and share in his suffering, especially offering our own sufferings, offering whatever we can so that we may, we have, we, we may have received this gift. And I have to tell you, the prayers continue. You know, my God, I believe, I adore and hope and I love you. Eucharist, we say to the Lord, it is, it is, it is true. And then we have, when we have uh, also the, the, you know, the, the, the consequences of, of devotion to Our Lady, what is she doing? She's drawing us closer to Jesus, her son. She's the one who gave Jesus the body through the power of the Holy Spirit. She's the one who gave humanity to Jesus. She's the one, and she just wants us to draw us close to, to himself. But then I have to say one more aspect. We're in the middle of the 20, uh, the 40 hours devotion, which is Eucharistic devotion. And, and let me say this, last year, a year ago in November, I'm sorry, in, uh, in, uh, in September, there was a, uh, the Eucharistic Congress. Every four years there's Eucharistic Congress, but it had to be postponed from 2020 to 2021 because of pandemic. But it was not, you know, but it, it, it was able to, to take part in Budapest in 2021. And there was a great emphasis on what do we do with the Eucharist today? What should we do? And, you know, and Cardinal Banyasko, who was the uh, the, the prefect of the uh, congregation for the, for the bishops. And he says to the people then in his opening homily, he said, you are not alone in a hostile universe. You're not alone before the marvelous mystery of life. You're not alone with your thirst for freedom and eternity. Wherever you are, you're not invisible. God looks at you with love. You're not an orphan. God is your father. You, you are worth the blood of Jesus, redeemer of the world, the bread of eternal life. Do not be afraid. God is not dead. The Eucharist overcomes every loneliness, every distance, every indifference. In this way, the same voice calls the church not to remain silent, but to put the splendor of the risen Christ on the face of everyone. 
the splendor of his presence. Nothing, and, and, and then he began to speak to children. And he says, God, and young people, he says, God is not a competitor of your freedom. And faith is not a series of prohibitions, but rather a great yes to joy, even when it is demanding because love is a serious thing. Remember the church needs you, your youth, your enthusiasm, and you need Jesus. Everything grows old quickly, only God is always young, and the church is true youth of the world because she preserves the sacrament of the body of Christ. May the Eucharist be the center of your days, of every day. Eucharist is a source of youthfulness, source of joy, source of anything that revives, restores, makes us again delight in the world. Why not? We have God with us. We have guaranteed that God will raise us up. There's no death in Jesus. There's no death in, 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 in our Lord. This is why receiving Holy Communion was so important before one would die. It was known as viaticum, Holy Viaticum. You know, we speak of anointing, which is essential because it's for forgiveness of sins. But Holy Viaticum was the Holy Communion for the road that Jesus will escort us from this moment into, through death into the eternal life. That's why Eucharist is so important, why there's so many people who die without the Eucharist. The Holy Viaticum doesn't mean much to so many Catholics, Christians, because we don't even know what it is. And how important it is that Jesus wants to be with us at the moment of dying. He wants us to be, he wants to be with us and within us, so he may take us right into eternity. And this is why Cardinal Bagnasco says so beautifully to the young people. But he also says to the priests, he calls them sentinels of the morning, living presence of the mother and, and, and the teacher, the teacher church. And he says, heralds of God's love, prophets of the spirit in a marketplace of material values, heirs of a living tradition and heralds of the future in the lost world. Do not do not go without that preaching. We do not go without teaching. We do not remind people. If you are the sentinels of the morning, there's a morning. The sentinels of the morning is resurrection. Sentinels of the morning is, says this is a new day. Each day is a new day with the Lord. Because if they are together with Jesus, that's why masses start in the morning often, is to start a new day, new day with Jesus to be fed, nourished by him. So therefore the invitation he is here, the church has no other name to announce and adore Jesus Christ. Remember, his, his, face, in a, his face is the gospel, but his presence is the Eucharist. And finally, I wanna say this, you know, um, the bishops of last November, November, they made a very powerful decision. I do not know if you're aware of it, but they initiated what is called a three year of revival of the love and awareness of the Eucharist. So they, they, they came up with this very powerful, powerful teaching, so, and, and it, which will lead us from this Corpus Christi, which we celebrated a couple of weeks ago, will lead us right into the July 
17th uh, of, next, of the year 2024. We'll complete the three years of this revival. And this is why here, the celebration of the 40 hours of, of, of Eucharistic adoration is a diocesan gift. It's a diocese who wants to have this here at the shrine and they want to have this all 40 hours of Eucharistic adoration. This is why the flowers and everything is ready for the Eucharistic adoration that will hold, that will continue. But I have to say there's uh, the, the, the one who is designated uh, to run this whole uh, Eucharistic preparation for the Eucharistic Congress is uh, uh, Bishop Cousins. And he says, my sense from speaking with you, and this was approved by the bishops almost unanimously to run this, this whole, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, this Eucharistic, three-year Eucharistic uh, awareness revival. He says, my sense from speaking with you, and he says to the bishops, is that the Holy Spirit is leading us together to fulfill a great need for the church. A revival initiative will include the development of new teaching materials, training for diocesan parish leaders, the launch of for a dedicated revival website, and the deployment of special team of 50 priests will be going around the country and they will be preaching the, the, the gospel of, of the Eucharist. They will teach and guide the, 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 the people, all of us in the nation. They'll be teaching us more about what the Eucharist means. And I have to say that he, uh, you know, he said something, you know, the, again, the uh, Bishop Kurt, uh, Cousin said, I am very hopeful that it will produce the great fruits that all my brother bishops are praying for and hoping for, those, for, for during these days, including helping people in the course of the revival to rediscover the beauty of mass and return to mass. I think we are on the cusp and on the verge of something truly impactful and wonderful for the church in the United States. I think this might be just what we need. We need this revival. We need this revival so that we may love the Eucharist, that we may participate in, in, a, in a Holy Mass, receive the Jesus worthy. So as you can see, we have days like today, seems like nothing going on, and yet there's something extraordinary going on. It's Jesus who invites us to be with him, to love him that it is through Eucharist that we may be renewed, refreshed, not only individually, but the church. It is through the Eucharist that we may receive uh, this, this sanctification, this holiness, which we cannot do by ourselves. It is the Eucharist that will lead us into the portals of heaven. May Jesus then, who, whom we honor today, whom we will, we will welcome into our hearts today at Mass, and then immediately after Mass, we will be adoring him, that he may, be that new wine that will transform us, the new spirit that will sanctify us, the very reality of God that will divinize us because in Jesus we become like him. And that's our call, nothing less but to be like God. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. 
If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.